Welcome to Girl Gang the Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Will, and the founder of GirlGangTheLabel.com. Hi, I'm Allie Grant. I am the founder of Be Social. We're a communications group based in sunny Los Angeles, and you're listening to Girl Gang the Podcast. So when you first started this in mm-hmm. San Diego, yeah. what was the goal when you first started, and how did that shift, and what made yeah. you ultimately make the move up to LA, and now you're opening the office in the Road DTLA. It's yeah. really moving. Can you take us through that whole process? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up in San Diego. I'm from San Diego. So naturally I started my business there because I had all my connections there. Um, so I just started like as myself, as a consultant, like helping brands and, you know, business owners that I knew in the community, um, which started with a, a bar studio, like the workout. And mm-hmm. I kind of grew it from there. It was a franchise and then started doing all of the bar studios across the U.S., um, and as the company evolved, I, I felt like San Diego was a hard place for us to grow. Um, we really got into influencer marketing. A lot of the brands we represent and talent we represent are in L.A. and New York. So I had the idea of opening an L.A. office um, with the intention of keeping our San Diego office. But it got a little too much for me. And I think having two offices like so close together it's kind of a lot of overhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of overhead. Um, and it was really difficult to keep both offices happy. I think morale with the employees was really low. And I, it just wasn't really working out. So I made the very hard decision to close our San Diego office, which at the time was in Carlsbad. Um, and it was a nice new office I had just gotten. I actually had to like break my lease and pay a huge penalty. Um, I unfortunately didn't bring all of my staff up with me. It was a real. It was actually like a really hard time for me because it was a lot of like drastic change really quickly, and I was confident in my decision, but it was still really, really hard. And it was like a chapter I had to close, but it was the best decision I've ever made. And being in Los Angeles has opened so many doors for us. It's like changed the game truly for what we're trying to do. I think tons of businesses can be successful in San Diego, but. We need a touch point on influencers, on media, on events and entertainment. And I just wasn't getting that there. Mm-hmm. And you were, you're, I'm, I've been following you guys for quite a while and you were really on the pulse of it very early on, influencer yeah. marketing. Um, what made you want to gravitate towards that? You said you started with the bar studio and yeah. what excited you about the influencer marketing space? Because I, I think the value of getting into that early on mm-hmm. and learning from mistakes so early on, you're able to really perfect your yeah. craft and now you have an incredible list of clients because of that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think where I saw it first was my job previously to starting Be Social. I was working at a social media agency. So we were doing like Facebook and Twitter. Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. Um, and we had this idea of doing like blogger outreach for some of the brands we represented. Um, it was Jack Rogers, like a shoe company, Sea Wonder. Um, so we were essentially seeding the product to the influencers to post about it more on like an affiliate relationship where they're making a commission. And we saw the back end of all these websites of these, you know, brands and we're like, oh my gosh, these bloggers are driving so much traffic sales. Like this is crazy. So I got really into that and the company at the time wasn't, they were really more going in like web development and social side. So I felt like it was a good time for me to kind of break off and try to do this on my own and just focus on that. And when I started working with my own brands, I would get like a local news station to come in and go to these bar studios and cover it. And then I'd also get these mommy bloggers. And the studio owners were like, 
this mommy blogger came in and posted on Facebook and I have like all these people signing up for my bar studio now. And it was like that instant like satisfaction and like such clear ROI that I was like, this is where I want to take this business and I want other brands to be doing influencer marketing at this level and like scale it up. And what kind of changes have you seen from when you first started until now? This was like six or seven years ago Mm -hmm. when I was asking mommy bloggers to come in, you know, to Mm -hmm. a, a bar studio and post about it. And I think they were like, oh my gosh, wow, like this is so exciting. It's obviously so saturated now and it's very difficult for influencers to do things without like compensation, especially if they have a very large engaged following. So I think it's definitely a different like ball game now and you have to be strategic and different and unique and like come up with exciting campaigns and concepts because no longer are the days of like let me send you this bikini and like please post about it and like tell everyone (laughs) it's just it doesn't work like that um so what we've seen be really successful obviously we're doing a lot of like paid programming so we do like big ambassador programs Um, And then experiential. So like bringing these ideas and campaigns and like bringing them to life and having influencers be a part of it. So we'll do like two-day getaways. We'll take over hotels. We'll do stuff at Coachella. And that like allows these influencers to come in, like really get to know the brand and like speak about it and do the storytelling in a way that feels like very organic and authentic. Um, So that's what I'm seeing a lot of. And obviously, like, Revolve is such, like, a huge brand that does revolve around the world. And, like, you know, there's tons of brands getting into this. Um, I also think, like, ambassador programs are really important. L'Oreal League is, like, a really big example of that, where they pick, like, 10 ambassadors for the year that really represent the L'Oreal brand. One of our talent, Whitney Carson, is in that. So she'll literally go to, like, the Cannes Film Festival for L'Oreal and, like, post about it. And it's just, like, creating experiences that allows for this, like, really interesting storytelling. Um, Obviously, not every brand can do that, and they have to have really massive budgets. So I think if you're a smaller brand and you want to get into influencer marketing... It definitely comes down to relationships. So I would like find like a list of maybe like 10 to 15 influencers that really match your brand, follow them on Instagram, engage with them, reach out to them, send them product, ask them to go to coffee, like build a relationship just like you would in anything in your business and kind of start there um, and then, you know, grow it from there. But it's, it's very saturated. There's a lot of influencers and there's a lot of brands trying to tap into influencers right now. And it just seemed like it happened so fast. And that's why I'm super fascinated watching from the sidelines, really, this URL to IRL shift. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, six, seven years ago, just like you're saying, people send product, someone with a very engaged audience that they didn't really even know that they had at the time. There wasn't these analytical tools. Also, these influencers, they bring so much to the table. And so they're able to have a business now. Like to your point of, you know, on the flip side, the influencers creating businesses out of this. That was something like three years into Be Social where we were doing all this influencer marketing on the brand side. I kind of had something click in my head. I'm like, why are we not helping these influencers and building their businesses? And I was kind of already doing it my like just for my friends. Like they would ask me, like, how much should I charge this brand that wants me to post about this? Or, you know, how can I grow my social following? Like I was giving this free advice all the time. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna help these people, but I need a piece of their business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I essentially did. Um, and that's been now like 
a huge part of our business is we're you know doing talent management for about 60 digital creators. Oh my gosh. I'm sure obviously a lot of them were built in relationships, but yeah. 60 people, that's a really impressive number yeah. from something you've built up in less than a decade. Yeah. So how long was that process from when you decided, I really want to start doing talent management now to building this catalog of people? Yeah. I mean, initially it was like three people. I just knew really closely that already was like asking me all these questions. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know what? You can keep asking me questions, but I'm going to take a percentage of all these deals. Um, so that started pretty quickly. Um, and then as I like scaled and grew the team, like they had their own relationships and they went out and you know signed their own talent. Um, but it's been like four or five years now, and we have a team of talent managers that have come from like really great agencies and they're building out their own rosters. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's continuing to grow each day. Um, but again, it's like very competitive too, and there's a lot of agencies that represent digital creators. And a lot of the like traditional agencies, like a WME or someone like that, has digital departments. So it's like we have to compete with, with them too. So it's mm -hmm. difficult. Um, but I think what keeps them happy at the end of the day, the influencers, is just keeping them busy and like helping them grow their business. And you know what we're seeing is like beyond just doing, you know, getting paid to post, like I want to build businesses, you know, I want to build a brand. So like you have this social footprint and you're monetizing it. That's exciting. But like what's beyond that? And it's like, are you launching a podcast? Are you launching a brand? Or like, what are you going to do with that? So that's where my head's at. And it's like trying to help them navigate that is what I'm excited about right now. So when you were talking about you're giving out this advice for free and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to build this business around it. A big narrative I'm trying to push is know your worth. And it's advice that I'm personally trying to take and having those conversations with people to say, hey, let's both win. Like, I'm mm -hmm. super excited to give you this advice and help you, but I would like to benefit from it too. I know what I bring to the table. Um, so if there's any advice you can give on uh, someone that has an expertise that's mm -hmm. helping out a network of friends and how to make that jump to really proclaim like this is actually um, a professional path I'd like to take and I'd like to be compensated for it. Um, any advice that you can share on that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously really hard when it like comes down to friends. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what, you know, what I did is I, I simply put together a deck on this is what I'm going to do and like this is the potential outcome and I will take X percentage of your income for the work that I'm putting into this. Um, obviously I had a track record before of like working with brands and like, I, you know, they had, I'd helped them in the past. So they knew that about me. So that definitely helped. But I mean, I took it serious. I said, come in my office, let's talk. Like this is a real thing. And I essentially just like pitched them on it. Um, I think just take yourself serious, put together some data or some sort of deck and take it seriously. And I think they will too, hopefully. And it, it's difficult because like, of course I want to lend a helping hand. Like I want to be helpful, but at the end of the day, like that's how I make money. And mm -hmm. it's like, if I had like a towel company and you were just asking for a free towel, like it wouldn't work that way. And it's like, you have to like treat it the same, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, it's hard. I mean, obviously like a good friend who's launching something, I will go and get coffee and just chat it out with them. But it did get to a point where I'm like, you know, if you do want to do that like this, I have a whole team that does this stuff. Let's meet about it. Like, I'll pitch you on what I can do and I'll share what the pricing is. But yeah, it's a hard conversation to have. And I think especially like in the service industry, like consulting or SEO or, you know, influencer marketing, it's, I think people like more often just want free advice and don't necessarily want to pay for it. And I think also something I learned having my business was 
like setting your prices and like being firm with your prices and like not wavering too much. I think in the beginning, I would put my, you know, my price out, the person would try and negotiate it down a lot. And I think I should have just been more firm because I ended up going into a contract and agreement that I didn't really feel excited about the price. I knew my margins were really slim. I probably wasn't like as excited and like, you know, doing the best job I could have because I wasn't really that motivated. So I think that was a big lesson for me is like, I guess, back to know your worth and value and like, don't cheapen yourself. Um, and it's hard in the beginning when you're trying to grow and you kind of want to take any business you can. Um, but I don't know. That was like a really hard lesson for me. And I feel like I'm finally like seven years in in a place of like, no, that's our fee. Like, if you don't want to work with us, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, on to the next. And it can be an evolving process where um, I've recently gone through this shift in the last couple of years, but I used to just say yes to everything. And Same. I was the yes person, like, <sighs> yes, yes, yes. And then um, I think at some point I've just, I've been kind of trying to figure out how to give people advice through that route. Because now what I live by is what you don't do determines what you can can do and I value my nose so much and the yeses have to be so much worth it and so it's really a dance of when you start out you might have to do things you don't want to do but then you do come to that point where if you take on that discounted contract or different mm -hmm. things you're going to hold yourself back from a potentially yep. bigger client and so I think what I've been trying to do is even like every couple months check in with myself where I'm at have like a humble conversation with like these are the things I still have to do and I don't want to do but I I know on this side, I've, I've elevated up and I'm going to start saying no to things in this category mm, of I my business. Um, but I think it's like when you're starting out and as you grow and constantly, it's that balance of saying yes to the right things. And then really for me now, I just like value the no's so mm -hmm. much. I always would be like, I have to say yes. Cause like, I don't know when another opportunity like this is going to come by. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this stressful feeling. But when I learned to say no, like the other opportunities come, they really do. And you have to have confidence in yourself and your business that it will come to you. And saying no is okay. It's but scary. But it's hard. It's scary. I'm always like, okay, I'm turning this down. And then I just picture like crickets and radio silence. Yeah, like nothing's like, going to happen. And you're, you're done. And it's the opposite. And I really think too, I believe in passing energy. And when there's room, if, when you say no to something, you're allowing this room for other energy to come yep. in. And it comes in. I think the decisions that the talent have to make and we have to make with them are really, really difficult. Because if someone is on a path of like really wanting to be this like high-end fashion influencer and a brand comes through that doesn't fit that, but they have like a six-figure check for you to do a post, it's really hard to say no. But it's like you have to think of like the long term and what would happen if you do do this and it takes you off of like potentially working with like a Dior or whatever your end goals are. So sometimes the money is just like, you just have to say no to it. And it's so difficult. Yeah. What is that process like navigating through different brands, mm -hmm. um, events, activations, voice of creating that because it, it's an interesting time where we're living and where everyone is a brand you and yeah. I are even brands running yeah. brands and so yeah. um, can you navigate us through those kind of beginning phases because that's very fascinating yeah it is fascinating and it's like a crazy crazy world so like some of the girls we represent like might have a million followers on Instagram so someone like that's probably getting like five to ten inquiries a day 
on like paid campaigns, gifting, events. So really what our team is doing is like navigating all of that. Um, and when we sign someone on, we're, you know, we sit down with them and like figure out what do you want? Like you have this great following, but like what's next for you? Because the, like, the posting and the one-off, you know, pay for play is, it's not forever. Um, so we really sit down with them and try and figure out what is their game plan? What do they want? Like what are their inspirations? Um, and come up with like a strategy like we would a brand um, and kind of what are the, you know, the key steps that you need to get to make that. Um, and one of the girls on our roster, Whitney, like I was talking about earlier, her, when she sat down with us, her goal was, I really want to be in the L'Oreal League. And it was like, great, that's a great goal, but they want beauty girls, you know, they, it's a beauty company, like how much content are you creating around beauty storytelling? And there wasn't that much. So she sat down, she created a YouTube channel, she started doing more skincare and beauty routines and tutorials and really talked about her makeup when she's on Dancing with the Stars. And she built this like beauty story on her social. And now she's working with them. So she, you know, she put in the work, she had a plan, she had an idea and she went after it. Um, and that's kind of what we help them do. It's like we put these goals in place and like what are the steps to get there? But it's a lot of stuff that's like being like thrown at them and a lot of money. And it's just, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like how, how much are you gonna pay? That is crazy. So it's an exciting industry to be in, um, but you really have to navigate it the right way. Because I think you can like really lose like your influence. Like you might have a million followers, but if you're just like slinging all this crap all the time, like you're not really influencing your followers anymore. You're just like th you know throwing garbage in front of them. So I think you really have to be careful about like what you're posting and the content that you know you're working on. So I feel like it easily can all go away if you do it wrong. Mm -hmm. And just like going the extra mile, it sounds like for the longevity yes. and seeing where it's all gonna go. Yeah. Um, I think that that's so important and how to weed out. I mean, even just as someone that views Instagram and all like purchase things from a feed, um, I think going that extra mile and really understanding who someone is. And so if they have identified as someone that's an expertise, expertise in beauty, I'm mm -hmm. more likely to buy a lipstick that they yeah. promote rather than someone that just promoted uh, five different verticals of right. brands that's showing lipstick. Like, yeah. how do I know? Like, you can kind of see through that now. Totally. Um, so that I'm sure it's really challenging, but that must be exciting figuring out like these goals, different uh, talent want to hit and yeah. then what are the first steps and then seeing it come to life like she came to you and wanted to be in the L'Oreal League and yeah. then now she's making that. that happen it's really cool and I think also like you know launching podcasts and launching brands and with one of our talent we're launching a clothing line with Macy's it's coming out in the fall which I'm just like so excited about but it, these opportunities were like they don't just happen overnight. It's like been a long, long haul to get there. So I think people need to realize that too. Understand that you didn't just one day wake up and mm -hmm. say, hey, I'm going to have all these people. We're going to yeah. do all these cool events. Like yeah. understanding, pulling down the curtain and understanding those years that build up to mm -hmm. it. And, um, and so showing you besides the hustle and the grit, you really need the patience and yeah. to not want to copy and paste into someone else's life because you like what they're doing yeah. and you just want to post that you did this cool event or you got a cool client. Mm -hmm. Like you really have to be in it mm -hmm. for the long haul. Mm -hmm. um, and it does take a lot of work, but it is overwhelming just seeing all these things that we're inundated with and people doing cool things and it feels like they happen overnight. But yeah. just, I mean, even someone that might've seen like that, um, 
Whitney got into the L'Oreal League might be like, oh, I want to get into that. Next year I'm going to do it and not realize all this work that went into it. Yeah. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm a person of influence. I want to do this. There was like a really built-in strategy that you guys did behind that. Exactly. And I think you said something about grit. I feel like that is so important. Like starting a business has been the hardest thing I've ever done. The most rewarding, but the hardest. And like there's nights I'm crying. There's failures I've had. There's like, I feel like I'm constantly being like pulled at. You know, it's just like I never am not thinking about it. And I think that some people want to start a business because they see, oh, it's so, it's such a fun life. It seems so easy and great and like luxurious. And it's just like, obviously what people post on social media is the highlight reel, but (laughs) it is so much work. Like it's, it's a lot and it's really draining and you have to make sure you really love what you're going to get into because you're thinking about it all the time. (laughs) People that want to be female founders, I think there's so much behind it Mm -hmm. and highlighting personalities like you. Hopefully someone will listen and say like, I identify with that. I have so much grit. This is what I'm called to do. Screw it. I'm going to like go get my DBA tomorrow. It's time. Let's start the process. You know, I'm at a point in our business where I'm trying to take us to like the 2.0 and like really thinking through what does that look like? And is like, are there certain parts of the business that we're not being successful in and what does that look like like how can we adjust that so I feel like that's a a really good lesson too because I think it's like very exciting to like oh I can do that or I can do this kind of going back to our (laughs) always saying yes but like what was my goal and like direction was starting be social like I wanted to do like influencer marketing and like work with talent and so I need to like hone in on that and focus on that and not try to do too much but obviously we're you know growing into things like events that tie back to the influencer and like my original mission with the company. You are moving into the row yeah. DTLA, correct? Mm-hmm. How does that feel? That's I am so excited. Like it's a really big move for us. It's like a big shiny new office. That was like a really hard decision for me. I was looking for probably like a year in LA from like West Hollywood to Beverly Hills to like downtown Mm -hmm. um and making that decision and signing that lease like that 70 page lease was (laughs) very scary but I'm like really excited for this chapter and like I keep saying like this is our 2.0 like we're moving into this space this is like this is us for the next five years and I really want it to like take us to the next level and I think it will I mean the row is gorgeous you've done events and stuff there right yeah yeah we've done two we did one with um shopify for international women's day and then we did the spring market the refinery 29 event i did a panel there and we did a um, pop-up activation for girl gang but it is there is an energy there that is incredible it feels fancy it really does (laughs) i'm really excited And like, it's just a shell of an office space. So we hired a designer, um, like going through this process. I'm just like pinching myself. I'm so excited. Well, congrats. That is, yeah, we absolutely (laughs) love the row and we'll definitely be all like hit you up when I'm down there too and stop by and say hi. I'd love to see it down there. Yes, that'd be amazing.